Hey everybody, welcome to TV Dare, Perfect Strangers Edition, 2017. My name is Byron Hussey, and I'm joined today by a Perfect Strangers savant. Hello. Expert. Casey, is it Robeson? Robertson. Robertson. I'm sorry. Yeah, everybody gets my name wrong. It's fine. You know, it's like... As I was about to say it, I thought, I really should have cleared this up before I just launched in. But then we wouldn't have had this golden moment. Yeah. Actually, the Robertson is silent. So it's just like, Casey. <laughs> Casey, can you hear the silence? Yes. I am also joined today by another perfect stranger. <laughs> Jim Sheaves. It's me, Jim, the name just, that everyone calls me. Just what makes you so perfect, Jim? Um, well, I'm uh, I'm the kind of uh, natural foil to someone like Casey on this because I'm actually a perfect stranger's virgin. Right. Right. So you had your perfect cherry. <laughs> that's, where am I, where that's... am I going with this? <laughs> It, it was a strange cherry, and now it's perfect. Perfectly <laughs> popped, as it were. That's right. So Perfect Strangers um, was one of the original, like, when I had this idea to do, like, TV show podcasts. That was This was always one of the shows I wanted to do, but then, like, I just, like, stopped doing these almost immediately. Mm. So I never got around to it. But then... Um, Perfect Strangers really has had kind of like a, a, a rebirth of late, of a renaissance with some really notable um, pop culture appearances. We had um, Cousin Larry show up in, um, in The Leftovers, in the final season of Leftovers. Spoiler alert. Did you, did you guys see that? I, I did. He says the F word. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> he always wanted to to pull out the F-bomb on ABC primetime, but he couldn't until he made it to HBO. James, were you familiar with the uh, Perfect Strangers uh, subplot in The Leftovers? Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up just now. It, uh, I, I know nothing about this program. Well, the story is, is that um, there was like a rapture event, and one of the uh -huh. running jokes was that the, for some reason the entire cast of Perfect Strangers was... Um, was raptured, but then it oh. turned out that uh, <laughs> that Larry faked his faked his rapture. Spoiler! Wow, it's a spo that's, big spoiler. Uh, mm. It's a big spoiler. It, 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 I, I'm. This is ringing a bell now. I thought it was a, a drama. Oh yeah, no, it's a drama. Not not, not comedic. <laughs> no, they well, had like one joke per season. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it starts out really dour, but then it starts uh, getting a little bit zanier. In seasons two and three, but it's it's from I mean, the, you know, if you're gonna be living after the rapture, then you gotta have a laugh, don't you? 
Yeah. Well, the uh, the show is the whole <laughs> the overarching theme of the show is what is it? Uh, ambiguous loss. <laughs> Dealing with ambiguous loss. That's that's a funny yeah. funny subject. Um, we also had <laughs> um, Bronson Pinchot show up recently in a reboot of Battle of the Network Stars. Casey, have oh. you been uh, checking this out? I I downloaded it, uh, but I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> because I, I don't know. I, I guess like just watching Balky play tug of war or something doesn't isn't appealing somehow. Hmm. But I'll get around to it eventually. <laughs> you, just, you don't want to see him like fall so hard, sort of literally. Well, you put it the, like you put it that way, maybe. Yeah. So anyway. But uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say Joey from Full House is on that too, and that's I don't know that might be even more painful to watch. Now which one is <laughs> Joey? Together. Oh, Uncle Joey. Yeah, which no. one is? Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, the eldest daughter um, hosted uh, Pants Off, Dance Off hmm. uh, on, I think, ABC. Is that an Australian show? No, that's, that's ABC Family American program starring star of Full House, Melanie or whatever her name is. Sounds pornographic. Well, the, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's like uh, there's very little dignity to it. You take off your pants and you do a dance. I mean, so uh, for, pardon me for getting uh, like uh, into gender politics here, but as uh, you uh-huh. are you saying that pants are required for dignity, like what about like a skirt? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're removing them, then you you lose something in the way of, of 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 your dignity. It is hard to look dignified whilst taking pants off. I'm uh, I'm issuing a retraction now it actually wasn't on um the abc family network it was on fuse tv which uh seems like a an mtv knockoff maybe sounds made up i don't get I that don't channel. You. real 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 channel so given the um surge in um overall massive interest sounds, sounds like a in, tsunami <laughs> in perfect strangers um, I thought, you know, why not, why not try to, try to get this, uh, this podcast out there and see what happens. You know, this could be the, the next big thing. Um, and, uh, Casey, um, why don't you, uh, tell us a little about what you do vis-a-vis Perfect Strangers because, um, it's pretty awesome. Sure. So, um, I can't remember which episode it was. I want to say it was the 15th episode of ALF. You had Philip Reed on. Yes. And he was he had been doing the ALF reviews. Uh, and before him, there had been the Full House Reviewed blog. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, I want to do that too. I would like to try to stretch myself in terms of writing. And so I, I picked Perfect Strangers. Um, I, I can remember like all of two episodes watching it as a kid. I, re- I remember... Uh, doing Balky's voice, uh, doing some of his, not catchphrases, but just some of his lines. And so I just, I decided to do a review blog of that, and I've been doing it for almost two years now, and I'm really only halfway done. Wow. What I do, I basically, I just, I review one episode per week um, in a very snarky style, but I also try to dig into, you know, the the making of the show, why it is the way it is, you know, who's yeah. making these decisions. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I make a bunch of jokes about them being gay. Yeah. You know, if I, if I have nothing else to say, I can say, then they're gay. It's funny because you, uh, I actually read your, the, um, your review for the, uh, the premiere episode and you pointedly yeah. said that you're not going to, um, <laughs> joke about them being gay in every, uh, in every post. Yeah. I, I gave up on that, uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> well, it's two men living together. I mean, what, what could be more gay? Right. I can think of a few things. <laughs> like more <laughs> more specific things. Right, yeah. yeah. They so, don't preclude living together, though. I mean, you don't have to live with a um, partner for one to have a... Oh, I, um, yeah, I guess that's that's true as well. <laughs> like a loving, a loving mm. relationship. Um, this is the 90s, after all, guys. So, uh, Casey, thank you for joining. Uh, I really do appreciate having an expert POV. Um, I only wish yeah, I could have found like a, a small wonder expert for that show. That would have been fun. But um, somebody's doing it. a review blog for that. For per, for they, uh, they they did it. I think oh, they're geez. finished. I guess I should check that out. I I really I, you know I it surprises me. Um, I it probably shouldn't, but it's like I kind of like I didn't know these these blogs were out there like yours, yours and um, Phillips, and it's like blogging is like it's it's kind of like retro at this point, a little bit, isn't it? Like in this in the in the days of like Twitter, almost yeah, and like yeah. everything limited to 124 characters and like Vine blogs and you know Tumblr Tumblos. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I, I admire it. I like a little, uh, little blogging. James, how do you feel about blogging in general? Um, I, I had a blog in middle school, but it's been deleted because I, <sighs> I didn't, I didn't want it to, I think I made a grand total of like two posts. I think it. everybody has a blog like that. Yeah. It's like, well, like the first, the first blog is like agonizing over like, how do I start this? Like. I guess I'm going to talk about, like, stuff and my feelings and, like, yeah. little politics, like, maybe a little bit of religion, yeah. and then, like... I don't think I was I was very politically awakened at the time. Well, I don't think you guys have um, politics in Australia, do you? Oh, boy, do we. <laughs> it's, like, junior politics, like, Model UN. Uh, Is this offensive? A little. I'm sorry. I take it back. Um, we're, we're going going through some issues. Yeah, I know. I I was just joking. I know. I know you guys are having some some real problems. Um, I mean, they're not like quite as bad as ours. I don't think. But I guess like our problems um, are your problems, right? You know, actually, com compared to to you guys, we're actually probably doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, of course. So is everyone. Um, so. Should we get into like perfect strangers? Um, um, Casey, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, can you describe the the premise of this program? Sure. The premise is you have a guy who uh, cousin Larry, uh, or just Larry to begin with, I suppose. He you know grew up with eight brothers and sisters in you know Madison, Wisconsin, and he is trying to make it on his own in the big city. He's in Chicago. And 
no sooner does he get settled into his apartment than his uh, his cousin Balki Bartakamus comes uh, to live with him, basically. And the the premise is that initially, at least, that Balki is bright eyed and innocent, and everything about the U.S. is fascinating to him. Um, but he, you know, he doesn't have the right kind of skepticism to, you know, to make it in the big city. He, you know, people are going to take advantage of him. Right. Where, uh, on the other hand, cousin Larry, you know, does know what's what. Uh, at least he thinks he does. He has mm-hmm. sort of, you know, book smarts, um, and he knows, you know, a little bit more about how America is structured in terms of, you know, social norms. But you know, the the twist is that they each have something to learn from each other. You know, neither one of them really knows how to get by and it takes the both of them to figure out situation. That's, that's the premise. They don't stick with it very well. Right. Right. That's the idea. It's, it's funny how like, um, Larry from, uh, from, you know, small town in Wisconsin really casts himself as this like savvy sort of, uh, almost world weary, like jaded metropolitan, um, compared to, uh, Balky when, one would think that somebody coming from a small town in the Midwest would be uh, also uh, quite, quite, uh, quite, quite green, naive, and but I guess that theme is, is is pretty thoroughly explored in the first episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is. <laughs> All right. Yes. I think it's, it's hinted at. It's hinted at. They well, get they get more into that. Like there's an episode later in the season where. Larry is trying to help Balky, you know, date. They go to like a singles bar, and you know the the reveal is that Larry doesn't know as much about dating as he is, you know, putting on. Um, I guess like in this first, uh, but I guess like in this first episode, Larry thinks that he's going to, you know, help Balky by you know hiding a radio. Uh, I guess that's the extent of him like thinking he knows something. Yeah, uh-huh. and that plan was never going to work. Let's face it. In spite of Valky ruining it, I mean, such are the mechanisms of the genre. <laughs> so, Valky um, Bartakamus comes from a small, presumably war-ravaged country. I, it looked it looked sort of <laughs> peaceful to me. Yeah, I I would think it's probably just like economically deprived. Right. Um, do we know very much about? Uh, Balky's home country of Mipos. Do you want me to to limit it to the first season or get into other stuff? Ah, uh, geez, wow. I guess I'll leave that up to you. Yeah. Okay. It, it like it, it seems it, depending on what kind of joke the writers want to make, Mipos has a different personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you usually it's depicted in the first couple of seasons, just very idyllic. You know, very bucolic. Um, you know, everyone is just perfect and innocent, but you do find out there's, there's just some jokes scattered around, um, like kids, uh, having fun by watching, you know, cutting the head off a chicken and watching it run around. Um, (laughs) or the fact that they, you know, in, in the Vietnam war, the Island was used for target practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Mipos is sort of like, um, the the punchline um sort of like um kazakhstan is to borat right borat yeah sure which it, it it's possible that that 
partially inspired that, although maybe that was more of like a Yakov Shmirnov thing. I mean, I was getting hella Borat vibes. Um, right. You know, watching this for the first time and having seen Borat. Sort of like, but like not as ironic. Not as offensive. Right. Right, sure. But there's also a similarity to um, Yakov Shmirnov, is there not? Yeah, weren't they sort of contemporaries? Wasn't he they were, doing yeah. his stuff? Yeah. I wonder if, um, to what extent, Yakov Shmirnov... Although his was more like communism versus the West, but um, uh-huh. right. But it's like, oh, I'm uh, what a country that that whole thing is very much what uh, right. what Balky's doing. Um, so, so Mipos basically changes to fit the uh, sort of the needs of the the jokes being written. Yeah, they're they're as moral as they need to be, or you know, as terrible in terms of gender politics right. as they need to be. You know, depending on what Balky has to say. You know. Yeah. Uh. So the, the, yeah, there was an interesting um, scene with the one woman in the episode, um, which which we can get into. But why don't we uh, dig in? So um, the first scene, uh, Larry is trying to open a bag of chips. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh-huh. It's a it's a strange, like completely transparent bag of chips, though. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Um, it almost oh, looked yeah, like they... a bag you would take out of a box, like of crackers. Yeah. But yeah, that was weird. They're probably like um, government chips. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, government, government issue. You guys have a good yeah. government chips there in Australia? Well, this is no, this is no. yeah, government chips exactly. I mean, you've seen like people peeling potatoes, you know, as punishment in the army. That's where <laughs> these chips come from. <laughs> where else are those potatoes going? So Balky comes in. Um, so I'm gonna steal this from, uh, from from your blog, Casey, if that's okay, sure. because you've done a very good job documenting the um, episode. By the way. Uh, perfectstrangersreview.wordpress.com is the is the address. You should uh, check that out. This is for the uh, twenty five people listening. Case you're going to see a real yeah. big big surge <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in traffic there. Um, by the way, I should establish also that uh, Larry lives um, above the Ritz discount. Yeah. Um, does he live? So, so this guy owns uh, like a thrift shop and an apartment building. Is that how it works? Yeah, I guess he must just own the whole building. Um, and I, I can't. Remember, I guess they do. They mention it in this episode that he pays Twinkasetti rent. <sighs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, but I mean that is that is the situation. Yeah, that Twicken said he owns the the discount store in the apartment building. You know, I I'm not doing justice, I think, to sort of the overall um, sort of recap of this show without talking a little bit, maybe about the uh, the opening theme song, which sure is probably one of the classic all time TV jingles. Mm-hmm. It's quite boppy. Yeah, James, had you heard the song before? Uh, probably uh, in like you know like 
through pop culture miasma osmosis but right. um, I, don't, I don't recall it would you listen to this on the radio if it came on did you change the channel yeah well i i was wondering this in fact i was wondering if it was a pop song that was used as the title song or whether it was produced specifically for the program because i didn't like it's very like american dream follow your dream whatever um but i didn't see much reference to like i have a weird roommate (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is one of the things about the song there's not a lot of uh mention of the weird roommate uh case did you anything about the uh like the the song where it came yeah, from. I guess what I can say is, I mean, it was made specifically for this show. It was done by a guy named Jesse Frederick, who had also done the theme song for Full House and for Family Matters. Oh, okay. Family Matters is my favorite one, I think, in terms yeah. of theme songs. And Family Matters is actually a spinoff from this show. Yes. Is it? Yep. Strangely enough. <laughs> but you didn't know that. Okay. Case. No idea. Maybe we should do a Family Matters podcast next. Do like yeah, one of the Stefan I've actually episodes. seen that one, so. Maybe a Stefan Urkelbot doubleheader. <laughs> so um, nothing's going to stop me now. Who did you It was uh, Fredrickson? Je- Jesse Frederick. Jesse Frederick. Yeah, he, that's, that's really... Um, has, let me see if I can find any information on Jesse Frederick. Still alive? Whoa. Handsome. Handsome? Okay. <laughs> I guess with well, a voice like that, huh? Maybe a little bit long in the tooth. Mm. He's still alive, guys. Yeah. Oh, and he did Step by Step. That's a good one, too. Step by well, Step, yeah, Day by Day. Seems to... Seems to fit with the with the genre of sitcom theme songs. Yeah, all of those. Perfect Strangers, Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, and that's it, I guess. Um, is is this perhaps the progenitor of that that genre? Um. Oh, the the show. Yeah, I mean, this one came well, before those well, that, others. If that's what that, you mean. That musician, like, uh, the because that very specific sound of, you know, a oh, big boppy song about a sitcom um like i'm 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 struggling to think like what's the what's the template if it's if it's not that like seinfeld has like its own weird i think so but like i don't think there i don't it seems to be limited to like these shows doesn't it like it sort of Mm. went away certainly mash didn't have a theme song like this it was very dour uh, no, but that one, that one was a, uh, it's literally a, called like a suicide is song, painless. Yeah. <laughs> How much more dour can you get? Right, James? <laughs> right. So right. I, uh, I'll probably insert some of the song at the top of the show. So I don't have to play it for you guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should, should I? No, I won't. I Why won't. not both? <laughs> There's this thing, uh, Casey, where I try to play sounds, but like I don't have my setup wired correctly, so nobody can hear what I'm playing on my computer. So, um, yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny running joke about how terrible. I'm just pretending I can hear it. If, if that, if that's okay. It's really. Oh, you were gonna bring a soundboard, weren't you? Oh, the sound. <laughs> 
No, that was that was a joke. Uh, like the soundboard, right? I had, it's a good I, idea. I just joked about doing a radio station soundboard, but like and also, cousin Casey is like a really good radio name. Like, hey, I'm cousin Casey. Uh, your top top twenty pop pop hits. Just, just bringing you stacks of wax. Stacks of wax. That could that could be interpreted as like a humorous double entendre. <laughs> so, um, so Larry Appleton works at this uh, thrift store uh, for a man named Twinkasetti. Now he brings this up yeah. like it's no big deal that this guy has this idiotic name, Twinkasetti, Twinkasetti. But it's like a terrible it's, name, right? It's well. Doesn't that bring yeah, you it, like it right out of the, the show? It a certain uh, slang term. Twink. I don't know if you two are familiar. <laughs> yeah. James, can you um, I just, I... can you tell us about <laughs> twinks? The twink. Do tell. Lifestyle and community. Um, so, like, if if you got your your Bronson Pinchot and you maybe like shaved a few kilos off of him and made him a few years younger and then made him a homosexual <laughs> who didn't have a silly accent, then you would then you'd have a a twink without the without the aseti. Yeah. Then you'd be all seti with your twink. Is that good? Is that funny? Yeah. Hmm. Interestingly, um, total total aside, I actually did go to um, Provincetown uh, last week during uh, <laughs> yeah. Bear Week. <laughs> I didn't really so see that it, many bears, to be honest with you. So is it? So is Twinkasetti a bear? Does is that no, where no, he no, falls no, into no. the? No. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, no, yeah. Twinkasetti himself would be a bear, right? Okay. Yeah, he, he he doesn't pass the um the the twink test. <laughs> he like doesn't the pass the twink test, but he would pass the bear test, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably. It would Larry be more of an otter if you grew a beard? Um, <laughs> I've never heard of know, otters. I, that's a yeah. That's like it, the gays are so obsessed with the boxes. Uh, that everyone has to fit in, mm-hmm. uh, but often it just doesn't it doesn't work. Right, you can't just like like directly map each category onto every single person. Well, yeah, well, we, we all know sexuality is a spectrum, and um, human beings are hey, as sure. diverse <laughs> as all of God's creations, which uh, themselves are on a uh, on a spectrum of of evolution. Um, mm-hmm. somebody bail me out here. I'm losing, losing, losing <laughs> no, the crowd. Well, Balky and Larry are gay. I mean, we know that. Well, yeah. Are they? I don't think so because I think later <laughs> in the series they do maybe get married, but not to not each to other. Not to each other, yeah. To a couple of ladies. Yes, they 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 have girlfriends who live right above them. Very convenient. Does the show? hint at them being gay uh only once where there's an episode i forget what what was happening but the cousins i think were wrestling over something and twinka said he walks in and he's like or no no uh they're holding a baby and he walks in and says he doesn't want to know just like walks past him that's really fucked up that's charming it's really hey fruitcakes put down that where'd you steal that baby from (laughs) Um, so Twinkasetti is this, uh, runs this, uh, junk shop and, um, I guess Larry works there 
temporarily, he thinks, until you can become get a photojournalism job. Um, right. And he brings Balky in. So why does he bring Balky to work with him? Uh, I th- I think it's maybe Balky could just. What else? Stay I mean, home. I guess he doesn't trust them alone in the apartment. Yeah. yeah. But like we see, maybe he shouldn't have trusted him at work because Balky immediately um, gets uh, snookered. Is that the right word? Snookered. It's tricked. That works. Uh, yeah. Into selling a guy some uh, some stuff for like not enough money, right? Yeah. And um, okay, sorry, I'm, I'm like scanning through the episode. Yeah, the reason he took Valky to the shop is there's the uh, they have a phone book in the store, and they're or no, they, they have a newspaper in the store, and they're looking up the classifieds. Oh yeah, because Valky is only trained to be a sheep herder, right? Yeah. So he he goes to the store with Larry to look at the paper to look, to look for sheep herding jobs. He doesn't he doesn't seem to know that the word the word shepherd? Mm-hmm. Is Seems, the word you know like a a more parsimonious way to say sheep herder? I feel like I've heard people say sheep herder though in instead of shepherd. Like is it, maybe there's sort of like an actual di- distinction? Well, see, I don't think so. It's like being like a shepherd, <laughs> like being like a professor. Mm. Well, see, so the shepherd in gay slang is. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know there was a there was a shepherd. Yeah, you you take the sheep and. Uh huh. But what is a sheep? And, um... Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, is it? I'll have to get back to you on that. I'll just I'll just uh, do some do some uh, web searching. Gay sheep. Gay sheep. Just a really well, fluffy. Well, Balgi's gonna come up on that, so <laughs> thanks to my blog. Oh yeah. Okay, sheep. Oh baby. Um. <clears throat> pardon me. So. So um, where were we? What were we talking about? Yeah, you were talking about him selling stuff to, you know, some guy who you know can tell that Balgi is, you know, like what a... behind the ears and just yeah. buys a bunch of stuff for really cheap. Like a hat rack, a chair. Like I, I feel like these things probably weren't actually worth that much, right? Tweakasetti seems to think they're worth a lot. And the hat rack wasn't even for sale, right? Because this is where Twinkasetti comes in and puts his puts his hat every day. This is um, this is like a an antique shop, right? I guess they also have frisbees. Yeah, like I, I can't quite. Like it's, it doesn't quite look like a pawn shop because there's not like a a counter that they stand behind, and so forth. But it doesn't like, I'm I'm kind of struggling to see what the genre of the shop is. It's possible that this kind of shop just doesn't exist anymore or never did. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're right, it's like sort of an antique shop, but it's sort of a like a lower rent antique shop it's just sort of a general purpose junk shop i guess because i would have thought yeah. that the thing with an antique shop is would be that uh you actually do negotiate uh a lot of the time yeah at those yeah. things i guess in theory but 
oftentimes people don't actually want to negotiate. I guess not. We're in Chicago. It's probably not Haggle Central there. Yeah. yeah. Usually they just like yeah, always... put a price on it. Yeah, I, I kind of got the impression watching the first couple of seasons. I mean, only the first couple of seasons uh, take place in the discount store. Mm-hmm. I got the impression that Twinkasetti probably just bought like Overstock or, you know, stores going out of business uh-huh. because like sometimes uh-huh. you'll see, you know, a dozen of the same clock on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That would be a good, so um, just, yeah. good touch. Just like maybe we could get, is it too late to do like a Twinkasetti spinoff series? No, he, he's still alive. Right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, uh, Mr. Twinkasetti played the naked subway man in, in that one episode of Seinfeld with the naked subway, subway guy. Plus, he's the voice of Pumbaa. Really? That's oh, right. Yeah. I think I knew that. I forgot, but I knew it. Did you know that, James? I had no idea. But is this across all Lion King media, or is it just in the... Uh, in the films or just in the television spinoffs, I think he's I think he's the go-to guy for it. I, th- I think he's done it. He's done it in more than one. He's iteration. definitely. I think he's in yeah. the in the movie. So, and then like I don't imagine he would be hard to get. You know, mm. I'd like to see. Uh, on, usually on the these Disney guys Wiki, have he's like got like six name uh, six voices credited. Oh well, once you get your your foot in the door, you know you're golden. You know, why not just mm-hmm. like do a, a Winnie the Pooh one day? He's going to be played by Seth Rogen in the 2019 Lion King remake. Ooh, that guy stings. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, this guy's burning up. Wait, Seth Rogen. I, I hate that idea. Yeah. No, actually, that's fine. Right. <laughs> now, there there are a lot of theories that Timon and Pumbaa are a gay couple. Do you guys have give any uh, credence to that? Uh, huh. This is news to me. I just watched Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which is like the the Shakespeare version of Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, I guess there's like a um, there's like a archetypal um, two male buffoon friends. Like that's what like C3PO and R2D2 are based on. Like two like bumbling guys in uh, yeah, what, the I Seven so. Samurai or in something, or Rashomon. The Hidden Fortress. Yeah, The Hidden Fortress. Um, Which is, I guess itself is probably sort of borrowed from uh, from from Shakespeare, right? Yeah, he did that one that was the ripoff of uh, Macbeth King Lear. or whatever. King Lear. King Lear. Ron. Right. That's a good one. Yeah, this is a really highbrow podcast. Kurosawa films. Isn't this aren't we? Isn't this highbrow, guys? Yeah, yeah. Cinema. <laughs> we should do a Kurosawa podcast. But I can pretend yeah. that I won't watch them. That sounds really uh, on fun. the Disney Wiki page for Ernie Sabella, the Mister Twinkaselli, it says that he played a character called Mister Petricelli and Mister Metricelli Metricelli in That's a Raven. <laughs> typecast a little bit. Yeah, well, it might have been an homage. <laughs> I just I'd like to see his um like his living room. You know how like voice actor people like mm-hmm. who do one role for for years and years like they always have like these like elaborate shrines to the character. <laughs> he plays like this like room full of, like Pumbas, like 
lots of stuffed Pumbas and Pumba posters. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. I, I, I'm into Pumba. Yeah, me too. He's pretty good. He's good. I like him. Among um, my favorite warthogs. Among your favorite warthogs, yeah. Mm. Long, varied list. So, Twinkasetti um, is understandably a little miffed uh, with uh, Balky and Larry. More Larry, because he just sees Balky as sort of like a a thing. That... <laughs> yeah, and in fact, uh, most of the time he calls Balky a turnip. Yeah, just a little bit maybe un- un-PC in today's sort of, like you might call him, like intellectually disadvantaged or something like that mm. is it directly com- comparing him to a to a vegetable like he's a human being for, for yeah. Pete's sake um so when do we get the first don't be ridiculous oh the tv <laughs> is that one oh yeah has he ever seen color tv yeah yeah like don't be rid- how, how, can you do it casey oh, I-, I bet you're very well practiced at it well, of course I can. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Beautiful. It's it's like it's so thick and fast with the don't be ridiculous in this one. I thought um, generally it was you establish the catchphrase over like a a period of time, but this one just mm-hmm. like right into it. Yeah, they were really work workshopping it, really, really yeah. trying to make it stick, and it did. <laughs> to be fair, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> All of this shit succeeded. Like everything they did worked. We have no right <laughs> to poke any fun because it was completely mm-hmm. successful. It was on TV for eight years. Who am I to critique it? Yeah. It's longer than Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any um, guest appearances by Bronson Pinchot or uh, Mark Lynn Baker on? Star Trek The Next Generation? Um, okay, so not by Bronson Pinchot, but uh, their, Balky's boss in later seasons is played by Sam Anderson, um, and he is on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where they go to some sort of uh, casino. Ooh. Oh, Old yeah. Royale. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Love that episode. Yeah, and I recognize him from Perfect Strangers, too. I guess. <laughs> wow, he's been married since 1985 to the same woman. Wow. That's really stick-to-itiveness, right? Um, well, stick-to-her-itiveness. <laughs> more specifically, I guess. Um, so, so we established uh, Balky's catchphrase. Does Larry have a catchphrase? Oh, they tried to in the first season. Um, it was, don't you ever, ever do that again. Oh. That didn't... And then later, yeah, later on, stick. Larry, get, he, he gets a catchphrase that's just, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, the, so, okay, so something that I've noticed that's, that's different, you know, like for, between Perfect Strangers and Full House... The catchphrases were pretty well distributed on Full House. Like everybody had one except for Danny. Um, but on a show like Perfect Strangers, like I'm in season five, I'm up like halfway through season five in my reviews, and Balky has like 
eight different catchphrases at this point. <laughs> hey, like he's better a, than him he's just having one. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I think it's interesting because I think I think Perfect Strangers actually more or less was the template for like Alf too because basically uh, sure. Balky is the wacky character, right? So yeah. all of the all of the funny comes from him. Marklin Baker is of course a straight man, right? But like everything that goes yeah. on around them is just supposed to be like normal Americana. But then there's this like alien intruder. Mm-hmm. Um so it makes sense. Like nobody else in Alf has a catchphrase, right? Wait, when was my favorite Martian? Sixties. Sixties, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's surely that would be the template. Well I mean I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I guess they might <laughs> they might be using the same same template, possibly. Well there Maybe. was an alien character on Gunsmoke. So really? that would really be wow. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds pretty cool. Cowboys and aliens. Which by the way, that movie Cowboys and Aliens was uh inspired by a single uh far side comic strip. Do you guys know that? No. No idea. Let's see if I can find it. Cowboys and Aliens Far Side. Oh wow, he, he actually sued over the movie. Uh, this is this is not painting out. I'm gonna I'm just gonna move move along here. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like you're saying, Balky was kind of the template for that, and something I wish they had done a little bit more of. I mean, you see it a lot in the first and second seasons of Perfect Strangers. Is that Balky has really no idea what is supposed to be good media and what is supposed to be bad media. So he's mm. he just likes whatever he likes. You know, he's really into Wayne Newton. He's you know he's, uh, I mean he he fawns over the pink lemonade. Yeah. In the first episode. Yeah. I guess another um, similar and uh, m- probably more recent to uh, more. Closer to being contemporary uh, would be uh, Mork and Mindy. Mm. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Similar, similar idea. Although, is there a lot of emphasis on the um, uh, the kind of terror of being seen as not normal in that one? In Mork and Mindy? Yeah. Yeah, they like. Uh, I actually okay. watched Mork and Mindy just to inform my reading of Perfect Strangers, and uh, like that's a constant thing is that they have to hide from everybody. That Mork right. is an alien. Yeah. Same in Alf. We have to hide. Not only do we have to hide Alf, but we have to hide that Alf is making us a less than normal family. Yeah. God, it's almost as if, like, Hades pop culture was, like, super repressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, it, I guess it sort of was. And it didn't think it was, though, because they had, you know, there's always the stock, like, Woodstock episode. Where they all remembered how like, like enlightened they had become in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a Woodstock episode of Perfect Strangers? Oh, with like a flashback sure. to yeah. no. Cousin Larry would be too young, surely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, one would think that Willie would have been maybe too young. No, no, he was the right age. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Larry, Larry's supposed to be twenty-four right yeah, now. So he would have, it would have been like a. a child or a baby yeah. it's funny yeah. because it would have been um, seven. That, that is 
12 years younger than me, but you know, he looks much older because um, it was in the past. <laughs> he might that? have actually been older at the time too, but still, he, I'm sure he was. Yeah, Le- yeah. Mark Lynn Baker was, I think, thirty, thirty-one. Still, considerably yeah. younger than I am now. But you know, you know, like you see, like, oh, it's um, like uh, who's that actress? Angela Lansbury. Like you see her as a young woman, and she still looks like old somehow. Because yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, I've, I've never seen the Manchurian candidate, which I think is like the only young, uh, Angela Lansbury thing I'd know. She's also in, um, Portrait of Dorian Gray. Oh, okay. And it's weird. It's jarring because she's supposed to be this like young beauty, but all I see is, is murder. She wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I guess so. So. Balky gets in trouble with Mr. Tungasetti for selling some stuff. There's a funny scene where um, Larry pretends to be a hat rack. Yeah, but, that, that's that's a decent laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I think you observed in your blog that it was very Chaplin-esque. Yes. Well, because <laughs> it involved a hat. Like Chaplin had a hat. Yeah. And a cane. You'd have to yeah. hit your marks just right for yeah. that one. It's like physical comedy. So, yeah, the show loves its physical comedy. Yeah, it's, uh, apparently there's an episode later in the series, fifth season, season I think, which is really physical comedy heavy. It's called The Gazebo. <laughs> yeah, I have not watched that one yet. I've heard it's terrible. Okay. We'll have to maybe we'll have to do a, a sequel podcast where we talk about The Gazebo and uh maybe maybe bring uh, Philip J. Reed in on that one if he's listening. Probably not. He probably turned it off already. <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard to commit to a podcast. You know, you listen to it for a while, okay, shut it off. Uh, yeah. So there's a blood pact made where, <laughs> yes, <laughs> in order to uh, repay the damage, or, or, or I guess I guess they make a deal where, um. Balky really wants a job. He says he can fix things. This, yeah. So, where does this come from? That he established he's he 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 claims to be a shepherd, but he can also fix stuff. Yeah. This is just like a, a trope from like third world mm. people, like having to be more yeah, no, self reliant. He launches into the yeah. story about fixing his grandmother's finger. Um, which is which is also a weird running theme that I don't I don't think it was intentional. There's a lot about broken fingers throughout the run of this show. Really, um, but he he uses that story that he that he fixed somebody's broken finger as as an argument that he can fix a radio. Right, like it's the same thing, like medicine, same similar principle, engineering, yeah, yeah. repairing that bone connects to that bone. This is repairing meat versus repairing metal and plastic. Yeah, which is which is a nice like dualism for you know him having come from you know shepherding or sheep herding, excuse me, mm-hmm. sheep herding. Um, you know, into the land of machines. You yeah. know, U- USA land of machines. <laughs> yeah, that's what that we're known as, right? 
Yeah. James, growing up in uh, well, Australia, did you hear many stories about the United States, the land of the, ma- the machines? <laughs> uh, oh, yes. We would always... No. Um, uh, what I knew about the United States as a young child was heavily based on the commercials for Disney World featured at the beginning of my VHS tapes of Snow White. Man, you must have <laughs> thought it was a, like a paradise here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just... Did, Disney characters were strolling around and yeah. handing out balloons. I seem, I seem to recall Sonic the Hedgehog was there, even though that's a separate Ooh, license. It's a, it's a fake memory. That's That would never have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a Sonic-Disney team-up. Um, maybe we can make that happen. Maybe, maybe I'll just do like a, one of the... Remember I did those podcasts where I would the just fan read fiction fan things. fiction? Yeah, maybe I'll find those one. Those were good. I'd, I'd love to uh, do a group reading yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, let's do one of those. Of, of you know, fan fiction? Yeah. Yeah. I have a uh, a series, a podcast series called Fan Fiction Theater where I just read fan fiction. Mm-hmm. It's wow. very low effort content. That's That was the <laughs> yeah. beauty of it. That was, that was great for you, though, because you were able to, like, you know, do three a week. And, like, yeah. I don't know why I stopped try. doing that. I think I just forgot about it. So, yeah, we'll do it like a Sonic the Hedgehog. I think part of it is like they all get a little bit samey, like um, yeah. I just I think it's, I just need yeah. to do a little bit more research, like because I, I can't just do the same thing over and over again. It has to be like a different mm-hmm. genre of weird fan fiction. Probably, uh, I should probably do like a like a, a, an erotic one next. Oh yeah, and that's a deep. That is a deep uh, rabbit hole to go down, so to speak. That's. That's where all roads lead to to Rome in the fan fiction zone. Um, so anyway, Balky comes to the land of metal and machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story about his fixing his uh, his grandmother's finger, I didn't really understand it. He put silly putty on it for a month. No, it was like I silly see. putty because her, her her ligaments had been shattered. Right, I see. <laughs> So presumably, like, he didn't really fix it. She just got, like, rigor mortis or something. Yeah, he just, like, hardened the finger. <laughs> he just ruined her finger. Yeah, seem, seems perhaps anatomically implausible, but I guess we weren't there. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. Yeah. Mm. So they uh, cut a deal um, about how Balky has to fix a radio. In order to yeah, if he fixes the radio, he can he'll get a job. Yeah. So this becomes sort of the uh, point of tension in the episode whether or not Balky can fix a radio. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a scene with a woman, which is a little jarring. It's like, what is she doing there? That is just a dude's show. Who is this lady? Yeah, that's Casey. It's Susan. Susan Campbell. She's supposed to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think like all of the parts of the script that ever referred to her being a nurse were cut. <laughs> uh, Why does she uh, need a job? She's just there. She's just a woman. Yeah, she, that's there. She also lives in the apartment complex or the apartment building. Okay. Um, which I didn't I didn't pick up on the first time I watched this episode. Like Larry is called away to help her deal with a mouse. Oh, in she her was the one with the mouse problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So yeah. that was her establishing her character as a as a coward. 
What did, as a woman, all women are afraid of mice. <laughs> That's true. You would think a nurse would be like less squeamish. They'll like draw blood and change diapers and administer pills and things. Do nurses change diapers? <laughs> or do they get like an orderly? That's an orderly. They get an orderly to do that. That's right. It's yeah. below a nurse. Um, yeah, so this so is like she. They were setting her up as the like the female lead, and it didn't pan out. Yeah, that's clear. So love she interest. only shows up in a few episodes in season one, and then only two in season two. I mean, they they dispense with her pretty quick. I kind of felt like Twinkasetti and Susan were supposed to function as these like angel and devil on the shoulders. <laughs> For when the cousins had to make a decision, but right. I, they just never really went anywhere with it. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's it's it's pretty common in these like early episodes of shows where like they're testing out characters that just then never pan out. Like in the first in the Seinfeld pilot, they have this like weird waitress character that <laughs> that just like doesn't fit in at all, and we never see again after the pilot. Um, there's also, uh, geez, what was, there was another one, another, another example I thought of, but then I forgot, so never mind. Oh, the Mindy Project. Mindy Kaling's The Mindy Project had this, uh, <laughs> like, other female friend that they just sort of, like, boop, wrote off the show, and then she had, like, 18 dude friends in the, in the subsequent seasons. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I think one could make some interesting, like, spin-off fan fiction scripts with like the all of these characters that just vanish these characters that disappear. <laughs> yeah uh -huh. there's also that guy in cast, uh, cast offs yeah in parks and recreation that like just quit the show because he thought he could find something better and he was never seen again shame it's interesting, so, like now that I'm over halfway done with Perfect Strangers, to watch this first episode again and see how much potential there was for completely different directions. <laughs> Especially with, with Susan, the scene where she first meets Balky because Balky just instantly falls in love with her. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that that was a very weird scene. So just putting the bag on Pamela Anderson's head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the uh, from the Borat movie, right? Yeah, it's like that always kind of bothered me because like she was clearly in on it, but they were sort of presenting yeah. it as though she wasn't like. Oh, but that, that's what's so great about it. Though. Is that what's great that's, about it? Yeah, that's, you can't tell what's real and what's not in those. <laughs> it's kind of like those, the um, uh, the Blair Witch Project. Right. It's it's just like that. But like I'm clearly like the Confederate um, antiques dealer wasn't in on the bit to like destroy all of his his merchandise yeah but then they probably gave him like a ton of money after that yeah because that's i mean you, know, it's like you, can, you can only imagine the amount of lawyers that that would be involved on on those sorts of things yeah yeah um it'd be like a cottage industry what do you think they end up having to pay that uh confederate antique dealer I, 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 it would depend on on the the arrangement that they deemed would you know be least liable to get them you know involved in 
in litigation. Yeah. It's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> kind <laughs> of could, um, could be the answer to most questions. Like what is the kind least of a non answer? Litigation. By the way, the uh what's her name again? This uh this lady Susan? in the show? Susan. Susan. She's wearing a really lovely mohair sweater. Lavender. I'll take your word for it. Why are you not um, reading along with Casey's blog? Um, I was, but uh, I got distracted by other uh, other other sectors of the internet. I was I was reading about um, uh, Edward James almost not liking science fiction. Uh, it's really, that's really fascinating. He actually really. did. Yeah. Did he almost like it? <laughs> he was almost going to be Captain Picard. Oh, that would have sucked. Apparently. <laughs> but then he was uh, Stargate, right? Uh, the other one, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar, yeah. Same, same show, basically. Yeah. But mohair sweaters, am I right? Yeah. A lot of people allergic to mohair. So, guys, keep that in mind. Now, it's not actually hair, is it? It's fur, isn't it? I, I don't know. You tell me. Casey, do you know what mohair is? I'm I'm quickly getting onto Wikipedia. Hold on. Um, uh, mohair <laughs> is usually a silk-like fabric or yarn made from the hair of the Angora goat. Yeah, it is uh, hair, James. Owned. Bigger, but it doesn't look like it doesn't look hairy. It does though. Silk. I don't think it you does. understand. Oh. I don't think you've ever seen right, mohair I just, before. I, I actually. I saw um, Robbie Coltrane's mohair suit that he wore in the film Goldeneye hmm. one time, but I don't remember what it looked like, really. <laughs> Sounds like a really flawed so, point of reference. So, <laughs> so Byron, are, are you suggesting that Balky is in love with Susan because she's wearing a mohair sweater, that like he is attracted to the memory of sheep? I wasn't, but I think it's a really good uh, headcanon theory. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. She was basically just a sheep, but it was a strange scene because, like, basically, he's like, "Make me your slave." It's really kinky. Yeah, yeah. Balky had some weird sex stuff in the first season that, like, just disappeared. I guess it was like he grew, he grew accustomed to American uh, culture. Well, he's sort of like a, a childish character, isn't he? Like, sort of like childlike innocence. You don't like to juxtapose like sexual kink. On childlike innocence, do you? It's jarring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, Timmy's humping the chair again. That's not <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, Tim to the doctor. So, Doc, he has to fix this radio. He comes in. He, but so, but yeah, Susan's Larry, really Larry into does it. not think Balky can do it, and he has like given the exposition to Susan that he's going to switch out the radios, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He yeah. also is playing uh, Scrabble with Susan and uh, uses the word Meepos. Now, mm -hmm. Meepos is a proper noun, and I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to use proper nouns in Scrabble. Am I right about that? Yeah, it's, it, it's a weird, clunky exposition thing that he's just like using Meepos as... As a Scrabble answer. Right. Scrabble play. And I think you observed in your blog that basically, like, this implies that he hadn't mentioned before where Balky was from. 
and just held on to this so he could use it in Scrabble and then like school her with the challenge. Yeah. Like dick I didn't move. read that. I I guess, but uh like I I I think it's plausible that he could have just said my weird European cousin. Yeah. He doesn't seem to give much of a shit about Balky at this point. Like, oh, this is just some weird guy. Just ignore him. He's just yeah. living a paradise bachelor, bachelor's paradise lifestyle here. Yeah, that's another like you know potential that this episode gave that was never followed up on is that Larry's uh-huh. plan was to get Balky out of the apartment at some really? point. Really? Right. I would have thought yeah. that would have been like a continu- continuing theme through at least season one. No, it's it's never again <laughs> returned to. That's, that's insane. It's like they forgot. Not, not even. Not even insofar as, like, he had a repressed desire to still live with people because he's, like, immature or something. This is uh, the only episode where that comes up. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. They're just going to be home buddies. living with this incredibly irritating individual for the rest of his, his five-season life. Bachelor Paradise. I mean, I, or eight I guess we're, we're allowed to assume that they just never build up enough money, you know, working for Twinkasetti. Right. But also, like, they get other jobs. But by then, they're, like, bosom buddies. But not... That's true, yeah. Like the other show, Bosom Buddies. Just a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, I should say on the subject of Mipos, um, uh, the, the meme group for um, Perfect Strangers on Facebook... Um, is called what the, the Bronson Pinchot memes for me post teens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Great when group. I read that, I, um, I had no idea what me was. And it seemed to me to be something to do with HIV. Because <laughs> hmm. it's got, it's, really it's got pause in it. Ah, okay. I, oh, I my pause. Had... <laughs> <laughs> like so confused about what does this have to do with the sitcom man that does the silly accent. And now I know it's the country. Yeah, no, it's a, it's actually a, a secret uh, bug chasing group, James. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, really dark direction to take. In. <laughs> oh, gross! That's not gross. I mean, it's a, I guess if you're into that, it's fine. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> if, you're, if you're into contracting HIV, then that's fine. Deliberately. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're well, over an hour into this that's podcast. That's a hard thing to be into. Like, you can just do it once. Well, yeah, but then you're the, then it's done, you know. Yeah. You got it. You win. Congratulations. You got bulky to move out. <laughs> so we're over an hour here, so we should probably yada yada the, the rest oh, of the episode. Um, but the, yeah. yeah, the when they do the thing with the, uh, uh, like he's immediately found out with the radio thing, but then when they actually turn it on, and it's very uh, loud, and it shatters all the glass in the store. Mm-hmm. That um, I that was that was very humorous. That made me uh, laugh at that did, point. Did you laugh out loud? Yes, I did. In fact, yeah, I laughed my ass off at that. But then, um, cousin Larry has the unfortunate line of I think he says, uh, it's, "Oh, it's like Ella Fitzgerald's giving a concert," and I I kind of stopped laughing then because I didn't think that yeah. was a funny line. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is he against Ella Fitzgerald? I, Oh, she just was able to hit very high notes. Right. Yeah, so so that was my question about this. Like, I thought glass breaking was reserved for high notes, but it's just that the radio is really loud. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they did the like checked the science on this before they just <laughs> plowed ahead with it because like all the glass breaks in this weird staggered sequence. Um, it's not even that loud, by the way. Well, no, but that's probably due to limitations of uh, like analog television technology. True. But I, I don't even think you, you. I mean, like he's using the, I guess, just the regular stereo system in the store. Yeah. Would that be able to get that loud to break all the stuff in the store? That's like, that no. kind of dumb. <laughs> Maybe he's doing something that like breaks the warranty. You know. Yeah, that's probably true. He uh, mm. jail jail broke it. Overclocked. He yeah. overclocked it. In fact, it probably breaks the warranty just to get a you know a Miposian, uh you know man sheep herder to touch your electronic gear. Yeah, that's in all warranties. Do not let Mipos guys touch this. Stuff. <laughs> so, um, but what what I found uh, another thing I found odd about this scene is uh, he. Um, they, none of them notice that it's coming out of the speaker. Yeah. And yet, they they would have. Uh, was it implied that they would have noticed that it was coming out of the other radio that wasn't? It's like, well, it was coming from a speaker that's you know a meter away. I think I mean it was just so loud that they couldn't tell what was going on. You know. Hey. I'm gonna maybe. give them the benefit of the, uh, the the benefit of the doubt on this one, James. Sorry. That's that's uh, that's your prerogative. Yeah, and this is I'm the host, so what I say goes. I'm down with that. <laughs> For over an hour in, so I'm just getting like power, just power tripping your ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can I be your slave? Oh, my question. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. Slave. I mostly just like need some like light cleaning like nothing sexual <sighs> i mean maybe right. a couple, It'd be, it, a couple it, you know it would, comes with the territory yeah um so he so there's a, a an african-american gentleman in the store and when he hears this really loud stereo he's like oh boy let me i'm gonna buy that and it's like it's a little racist yeah. right is it <laughs> it's like oh Black people love loud music. Likes likes loud music. Yeah, uh, like, he's oh, gonna maybe. go annoy his neighbors with that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna carry that forty-year-old radio like on his shoulder, yeah. like walking down the street. That would be pretty cool, <laughs> actually. Ghetto blaster. Yeah, I guess it was. He's got the um, he's got the the five hundred eighties dollars in cash just to hand over, yeah. which is uh, sort of impressive, isn't it? Yeah, I guess he was uh, like just a middle class guy, and it's really I'm injecting the race element, right? Uh, maybe. This is just a little jarring. He's like the only person of color in the episode, and like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just like borrowing this take from Casey's blog. Um, yeah, no, I, I suggest that, yeah. that it's, yeah, that it's somewhat racist. This is why I probably shouldn't, I don't know. Like I've, I've actively been avoiding, um, Phillips elf blog because for this yeah. exact right. reason, cause like, Oh, I read it and then it's like, yeah, but I don't disagree by the way. It just seems that James disagrees. Plagiaristic. 
Yeah. Oh, um, I yeah. I, I actually, I if I'm honest, I think the thought probably did occur to me as well that oh, the the black guy likes the loud music and he's right. Like he really wants to annoy his his white neighbors with that music. And steal. Yeah. Oh, another thing I should I. Sh- Another thing I, I didn't realize until I rewatched this episode, like the guy actually gives a $50 down payment on the stereo mm-hmm. and the, like all through the first two seasons, that's a running joke of just 50 bucks. Everything like every time somebody owes somebody money, it's 50 bucks, 50 bucks, huh. 50, 50 bucks and broken fingers. Yeah. Um, seems, seems odd. So Mr. Tunkasetti is blown away. He loves this. He wants to make all this money. Um, he's like, Balky's his new golden boy. He gets Larry to do the the menial labor. Um, but then it's revealed that basically Balky hooked the radio up to the the sound system in the in the store, um, which costs a thousand dollars. So he sold a thousand dollars worth of equipment for five hundred dollars. Couldn't he just unhook the radio and explain? <laughs> <laughs> it was a misunderstanding. Like, look, it was, I'm not actually selling you all this equipment that you weren't able to see. And here's your fifty dollars back. Point? What? Hadn't he already sold it at that point? No, because the guy went to get his truck. All he had was fifty bucks. Yeah, oh, give the fifty bucks right. back. Now he's he's so gonna, that wasn't like, that wasn't legally binding in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, even if it were, you could say like, well. I, you know, we were talking about this radio here, you know, I wasn't talking about all this invisible sound equipment, presumably like on the wall and like, you know, in a different cabinet somewhere. Like, is he really stuck in this? I don't think Um, so. Perhaps Mr. Twinker said he was just subconsciously really uh, craving some indentured servitude. Right. It was an elaborate ruse. That's fair. Yeah. So basically... In order to make back this, uh, make up this debt, uh, Twinkasetti initially fires these guys. Um, actually, he fires Larry, which mm. implicitly means that Balky was fired. Um, yeah. And then Balky does a speech. Uh, very impassioned. About a Ghostbuster. Yeah, that was a fun <laughs> line. What was, why did he say Ghostbusters? You, he was trying to just say one, Buster. One big mistake, Ghostbuster. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good, James. Yeah. Oh, you, th- thanks. You could do like a... It's, Balky, I was just doing a silly accent. You could do a Balky reading like, in a fan fiction setting. All right, setting. sure. <laughs> uh, so he, goes, he does a speech for Mr. Tukasetti. Uh, and Mr. Tuika said he is is not really moved. He just he's just reminded that he can get these guys to work for free for some period of time mm-hmm. to pay back the debt. Yeah, now, wasn't part of the problem that that they caused like catastrophes and that they're just going to presumably continue to cost him money. Oh, let's see now. I'm trying to remember. Perhaps if they, a, yeah. Didn't think that through. Not not playing the four dimensional chess. Right. Yeah, I can't remember right. if it's if if it's revisited that they owe him money for further disasters, but probably it's mentioned once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like you do a lot of work in these initial episodes of just like how do we get how do we get to 
a status quo that then will not change for 10 years. And like, yeah. Yeah, it's, they, it's like, they do do it very efficiently, very quickly. It's like, it's, al it's almost like retcon, minutes. but like in the present, like let's quickly <laughs> lay all this groundwork for something that then won't change forever. Yeah. But that's like pretty much every television pilot ever. Except that they, they cut out the, the female character two episodes later. Well, they were still trying. Like, I think the presumption would be that she would be a running, uh -huh. recurring character. I don't know why they didn't give her a bigger role. Say again? I don't know why they didn't give her, like, a bigger <clears throat> role. Like, she doesn't seem to have a very established character. Yeah, and I and I guess something I should I should say um, is these this first season is only six episodes. So oh. the, evidently what they used to do is they would just do, you know, sometimes a show would just get picked up for a full season. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the network would say, oh, we're, we're not really sure about this. Like, give us some sample episodes and we'll see if we want to pick it up. Yeah. So, like, they just made six sample episodes really quickly. Right. Um, and I think I think they aired just weeks after being taped. Right. Um, so okay. that, like, there's a lot of inconsistency like in what types of stories and what types of characterization you get in the first season just to see what, you know, what sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a pretty common also theme in other, cause like I think the Seinfeld premiere was kind of like that too. It's like, but they only, yeah. they only like trusted them for like four episodes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, and then the rest is history cause they liked, they liked what they were showing them here. This is they were like, "This is gold!" Whoa, nailed it. <clears throat> Eight years worth of content right here. Black gold, me post T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we get we get back to the apartment and uh, basically, uh, Balky and Larry are talking about like their arrangement and. Larry kind of admits that it's nice to have somebody around, right? Yeah. So, uh, mm. and I think uh, <laughs> stealing another joke from your blog, that basically he he was upset that he wasn't going to be able to masturbate in the living room anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's, I guess he's getting over it, or he realizes that he still can because this backwards guy probably will think <laughs> this is a. American custom. They're very open-minded about about nudity in uh, Europe. Nudity, nudity, yeah. and like public ejaculation. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. 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 We'll have to. There's an episode about that. We'll have to do that one next time. Okay. Yep. Public wait. ejaculation, really? <laughs> no. It's edgy. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. It's another. It's a pun, isn't it? Edgy? Very special episode. All right. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> should wrap this up um, yeah. any uh so any closing thoughts about um perfect strangers in general and the or the first episode in particular yeah i will say that um prior to watching the the characters in the full motion of the television screen just on the promotional material i could scarcely tell them apart huh. mm. um, I, I guess they might make them like the same height whereas i think um balky is a little bit taller yeah IRL, um, but it's, just, it's like the two identical faces, one of which has curly hair and one of which has straight hair, and well, I couldn't they, even really tell. They have the same Mipos ethnic background, 
presumably, because they're cousins. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, in the in the show, I have no problem telling them apart because of the immense talents of the performers. Yeah, <laughs> bravura. And the the costume design and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I should say uh, Balky's costumes are are very very good in particular. It's kind of like chic I think farm boy. Yeah, I think they're kind of the only costume design really that I can. Well, everybody else is uh, wearing clothes in the episode. You know? Yeah, it's the mohair sweater. There's the mohair sweater, but like <laughs> I I found myself going like I was noticing what Balky was wearing, and I was like, okay, so what's everyone else wearing? And then it was like. Uh, not interesting. Yeah. Casey, any, you know, uh, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I think just rewatching this, you know, it's, it's again, I, I hope I'm not just repeating myself too much, but just seeing the potential this show had, you know, here in this first episode, I mean, things that just were never revisited, you know, never acted upon. Um, that's, it's interesting to me at this point. Um, it definitely was intended to be a much more adult you know, serious, you know, not, well, not serious, but like dealing with adult kind of issues, like, right. you know, fi- you know, living on your own for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it premiered on Thursday nights and then moved to Friday when they yeah, it moved started to Friday the and... TGIF block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like clearly they were sort of understanding it as and repositioning it, repositioning it as a very kid-friendly, family-oriented show. Right, yeah, it definitely gets more simple, um, a heavier focus on physical comedy. Um, to me, it's kind of weird. It's, it's the only TGIF family sitcom that, that has no family. Right. It? It's, it's an unconventional, unconventional family. The show was created by Dale McRaven. Did M- Dale McRaven do anything else? Uh, yeah, he was on Mork and Mindy. Oh. Yeah, he uh, he was one of the creators of Mork and Mindy. So this was mistaken. very much a let's do this again. <laughs> yeah. But with a foreigner. Uh, he had a lot of ideas. Looks like he also did... Uh, looks like Perfect Strangers was the last thing he did. Pretty much. I'm double checking myself on the Mork and Mindy thing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah, was a writer Mork on Mork and Mindy for sure. Yeah. Did something called Nearly Departed. The Texas Wheelers. <laughs> that girl. Yeah. So, no, not much. Not much from Dale McRaven. Um, okay. Well, uh, Casey, I really appreciate you uh, joining us for this. Uh, well, this thank fun you talk. for having me. Yeah. It was great to have some some real. Um, insight for change on one of these podcasts, sort of. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and just to bring the conversation back back around, I mean, this this was James's that we popped James's cherry for Perfect yeah. Strangers, and this was popping mine for podcasts. That's true. Oh, that's nice. I'm very very honored. I think you've got a good uh, good voice for it. Oh, thank you. What do you think, James? It's it's uh it's mellow, it's smooth, it's uh honey to the ears. Yeah. Very very concise, confident, knowledgeable. Maybe it's it helps that you know on. what you're talking about, right? <laughs> Certainly I don't, and that's why I don't sound very good. Halting, terrified. Okay, sorry, this is going in a weird direction. <laughs> um, 
right, guys. Well, uh, James, uh, also thanks to you for um, being the only sort of regular podcast, uh, Biropod podcast guest that was sort of like uh, loyal enough to join for this. Uh, hey, this... You're, you're welcome. I was desperate, desperate to not do this one. I don't know why. I don't know why I couldn't get more interest, but it was, I appreciate you stepping up because, I mean, it would have been fun with me, just me and Casey, but like, it's good to have another, uh, another, another voice. You know? Anytime. Okay. Nice to meet your voice, James. Yes. It's, it's and, always a pleasure. And nice to meet your voice, Casey, and viewers at home, ear viewers. <laughs> It was nice to meet your ears. <laughs> I'm going to make that my catchphrase. Yeah. I should, I should have a... I, it's a good sign-off. Start working on a nice catchphrase. Nice to meet your ears. Nice, nice to meet your ears. That, that Where do I come like up with them? <laughs> All right. All right. This is working. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you next time on TV Dare. Good night, everybody. Bye.